0: Travis, I feel like it's kind of ridiculous that I've traded whiskey for protein drinks at 930 on a Sunday night, but, you know, I got to get these gains. Just a bit outside. What's up, everybody, and welcome into Just a Bit Outside, your podcast podcast for your Fantasy Baseball League, Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. My name is Justin Deering. Alongside me, as always, is Travis Akins. Travis, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing very well, and I love that it's your Fantasy Baseball League for a 10-team Fantasy Baseball League. Our listenership grows. It continues to grow. We are expanding our horizons, and we welcome all fandom into the Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball League.
0: Well, Travis, um, you know, some things went down in Major League Baseball this week where we talked about or there was some new rule changes, and I have decided to make a few rule changes for the oh, podcast. Okay.
1: Yes, okay, yes. Um This is were, half your show, so go ahead.
0: From now on, when we have guest host, they are required to do three shows. Because you have to you have to face oh, three batters now. Mano, that makes, I mean, okay. Minimum of three shows if you're going to come on the podcast. So Phil and Dustin, y'all are next up on the list, and we've been trying to book you for three seasons now. And um, it seems like it may be a little tougher to book you because now you have to be able to do three rounds. Yes. The second the second rule, instead of an all-star game in fantasy baseball, we don't do an all-star game, but we will have an election day where one owner will be eliminated survivor style at the end of the okay. season. Um, so if you are... Maybe the worst team, or just the least favorite owner, you may get voted off at the end of this season. So my suggestion now would be for Blake Mitchamore to start making those campaign signs so he can stay in this league next year.
1: <laughs> the punishment league now.
0: Yeah, we're going vampire league. Is yeah, is? yeah. So Blake, or sorry, I just called you Blake. My bad, Travis. Let's talk about. Right. Uh, well, okay. Let's talk about some of these rule changes and. First off, what do you think of them for Major League Baseball? But also, do you believe that they have an impact on fantasy baseball as a whole and also Harry Doyle fantasy baseball, the greatest fantasy baseball league in the history of fantasy baseball? Um so let's start with let's start with the the inning breaks. Obviously, this one I don't believe this one has anything to do with fantasy baseball. Um, but they're trying to shorten the game. They're taking it from two minutes and twenty five seconds to two minutes for nationally televised games, and then anything under anything that's not nationally televised is going to go down to a minute fifty five. Any hard breaking sports opinions on that rule change?
1: Well, okay. So this is the one thing that I think actually makes the most sense out of all of. Whatever Manfred's initiatives to make the game faster, he's this makes the most sense to me. You know, uh, less time between ha- the innings or half innings, uh, cutting down those commercials. All of that makes sense to me. This this was a no brainer from the get go. If you wanted to cut down uh, cut down time, so yeah, th- that's a, that's a big win right there. So that's a good one. What else do we have?
0: I think the uh, one of them that is a kind of a big a big impact to fantasy baseball for a league like ours. Um, I think that the trade deadline rule, because those players that not that we get, not that we get a ton of waiver moves that are huge names, but there are no more waiver moves. So the trade deadline on July 31st is the deadline. So every player that's going to move is going to move by July 31st. And, In a league like this where there's a good shot, Zach Greinke gets moved, that's a huge boost for the Aikens Army next year if he gets moved to a contender and starts doing like Cole Hamels did last year with the Cubs. So I think that's a big one. But obviously the biggest one that we need to talk about for our league is the three batter minimum for pitchers. I think this rule is absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. Stupid. I think it takes away from the strategy of the game. I think it takes away from from just the fun of the coaching, seeing who gets out-coached. This takes a lot off the coaches.
1: Yeah, Um, so absolutely. And for, for those reasons alone, but here's the thing I don't understand. Again, Manfred and Major League Baseball want to speed up the game and all those kinds of things, and they say that this will speed up the game. Have they tried this at any level of minor league baseball? Has this been tried anywhere to show us that it'll shave off, you know, three minutes or six minutes or sixteen minutes a game? That this is the dumbest thing because it takes away the strategy. It it takes away some of the specialty of these pitchers, and it's supposedly without any evidence going to. Su- to, to shave off time from a game. And I don't believe it's going to, because you bring a guy in and he can't get one out. So he's got a guy on, he can't get, he can't get the other out. He's got two guys on, he can't get three another out. He's got three guys on you bring in someone else in another pitcher. What does he have to do? He has to face three guys. And what if he gives up a double or a triple or even a home run, you've extended the ball game. Because you've you handcuffed the manager from being able to bring in his lefty special or whatever to come in and, and stop the guy from you know going out of control with the first three batters. So this is this is this is asinine. I, this is really dumb. I I well, think it, that
0: like you said, it is it elim- effectively basically it eliminates the loogie, is what they call him, the left-handed one yeah. guy. <laughs> uh-huh. Um I think that's a great name, first off. But one of my favorite things <sighs> like <sighs> Whoa. Oh God. (laughs) What was that?
1: That was my loogie.
0: Okay. Uh, One of my favorite memories of, you know, back when the Rangers made two straight runs to the world series was in those playoffs watching the other manager, try to figure out Josh Hamilton and, you know, you'd get through the first time in the lineup, maybe the second time in the lineup, the pitcher stays the same. But that third time in the lineup, when Josh Hamilton came up, you're getting a pitching change and you're getting some sort of specialist to come in and try to get him out. And those matchups are exciting when you have a hot left-handed pitcher versus a hot left-handed batter and they make that strategic move and it works out one way or the other, but that's gone. I mean, that's gone. And when you look at some of the lineups that are being built across the league, a lot of the top some of the top lineups are left right left, right, or right left, right left for the very purpose of this rule now not not the only purpose they go opposites but it is one of the main reasons you're seeing some of the mix-ups and lineups is due to this ridiculous rule. Real quick, the other rules, the injured list is no longer the disabled list. Um, we talked about that, I think, but that's weird. But um, active roster, you've added some extra people to the roster. You got one extra person.
1: So let me ask you there real quick, and I know we have to get to this big story, but um, in 2020, so next season, 26-man roster, Correct. Correct. Does this affect Harry Doyle fantasy baseball in 2020? Do we expand the 26 man?
0: I think we do simply because we are a league that we are trying to mirror what the major league baseball team ma- major league baseball does. Um, but but at the same time and I've said this in our chats that we have me, you and Lan and some other people that if we do that we got to add money and we got to add years. And what does that look like in year 8 or year 9 of a league that has been the same salary cap, but our salary structure has completely been flipped on its head the last four years since we changed things up. Um, I think that is a discussion as a league. We need to have That yes, do we add a roster spot and do we add five years and $10 or do we add three years and $8? What does that look like? What's the new number? Um I, i'm all for it uh, i'm all for adding an extra spot and then give me a little extra change next year with that 2020 <laughs> yeah uh, I'm
1: sure you are
0: group that we've got coming on, but speaking of free agency, hit that that uh breaking news sound or whatever it is the big story
1: <laughs> it's 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 the big story Justin
0: well, the big story is quite obvious. the best time of the year has officially come up to the end until the playoffs now we're in the grind we're in the 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 lineup building the uh the strategy of uh, you know you have to face three batters in fantasy now so you can only <laughs> sit a you can o- your relief pitchers have to play three consecutive weeks that's one of the other rules um but no free agent bidding is done we have finished up round 2 we finished up round 3 players are being added to their rosters and tomorrow the waiver wires open up for any available spots travis when you look at round 2 and round 3 what jumped out of the paper? What was something that happened this week that you weren't expecting? What were names that got signed for contracts that were too high or too low? Was there anything really crazy in round two or round three that just made you think, "hmm, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, no, not really uh looking across the board, especially and obviously in round three, there is there's minimal bids and every player that a team went for they got. Um, and you saw that a lot in round two. Not every player, but most players that guys bid for, they got. Which tells me that every team obviously had different needs for to rounding out their rosters. And, and Justin, I was also noticing how round two and three, probably you know more than my memory says in the previous seven seasons, rounds two and three filled out a full 25-man roster for most teams in the league, which... Which I don't know if we've had had that kind of majority uh, of teams kind of use the rounds to actually sign twenty five guys, and so I think that tells us a lot about how teams are structuring themselves, how they see some of these players. I think we're seeing a lot of owners kind of you know buy low with high ceiling, high potential type guys, and hoping that the two dollar contracts or low. You know, low contracts over several years, they pan out. You know, there's kind of a gamble on those kinds of guys. And so, um, you know, not a grand lot of surprises here. I I think every team's kind of in a different spot, sees things differently, and had different holes to fill. And they were trying to go cheap overall when I look at rounds two and three this past week.
0: When I look at it, I think I agree with what you're saying. There's a lot more of. I think some people saw what Luke did last year with some of the people he signed, especially like Whit Merrifield, where he got him for five years or four years for $2, and that was a steal. And, you know, Chris getting Blake Snell last year for two for two, and that was a gamble that absolutely paid off for both of them. So you're seeing some of these pl- people going out and getting, you know, five year contracts, like you said, for two or three bucks. Uh, I mean, I signed round one, I went after. I'm just going to call him Raul Jr. Because I'm not going to butcher his first name and spell it wrong. Uh, Mondesi from the Royals, who's no longer a Tigre, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. But 5 for two point one or 3.1, he has potential to be a great shortstop. And in the long run, it's going to be a huge steal if it works out. But then you're also looking at, I mean, I I will say I overpaid on a shot and a prayer in the third round for Miguel Cabrera, hoping he can be anything that he was previously. I mean, the fact that he still hit 385 games last year, I think he's always going to hit in that range. So I'm hoping that that is something that pays off. Um, But there are a lot of young players getting signed to long, cheap deals. And I I, I was going to go into the 25-man roster thing that you already brought up anyways. So I think two things happened this year. This is one of the first times we've really seen that happen, which I'm a big fan of having those waiver spots open, I guess maybe it's the injury increase we've seen over the last couple of years with baseball that maybe people are like, I'll go sign all 25 guys, four or five of them will end up on the, uh, end up on my, my DL or, or injured reserve, whatever we're calling it. And I'll be able to go pick up four or five waiver guys. And you know, the rules there are, if they're under contract, you have unlimited amount. If they're a waiver guy, you can only put one waiver guy on the, on the IR during this or at a time, so there's that, but me personally, I've always liked having one or two off the beginning to sign. That's where I got Charlie Morton last year was off that first night, and Charlie Morton stayed yeah. in that that uh, starting lineup the entire year for the Los Tigres. So me personally, I have one spot, maybe two going in tomorrow night, depending on what I do tomorrow. But uh, this is a different thing where you have 25 people, you know, 26 maybe if you're not paying attention. How, how
1: many of the 10 teams? do you think have a full 25-man roster after three rounds of free agent bidding? Have you looked? I know for sure there's
0: there's at least three. I have not gone all the way through, but I think there's at I've got least five. three. I know
1: I've you've got, got five, five out of the 10 teams with a full 25-man roster. And out of the five that don't, can you guess which team has the most waiver-wire open uh, roster spots? It's, it's Akins right? with three.
0: So everybody's pretty close so, uh, to twenty five.
1: There are a couple of teams here with twenty four. I got a, a most with twenty three, and then and then Army with twenty two. Out of the five that have not filled out, have, have, did not sign twenty five contracts this season. So,
0: so, ba- so basically, the waiver wire tomorrow night when it kicks off, or whenever it kicks off, it's going to be. Yeah, less crazy. Well, than you know,
1: yeah, it's going to be different um, than it had been in the in the past when it was a mad dash to pick up some pretty good talent that was left out there. And there's going to be talent out there. But I think what most, uh, you know, I going back to your original question, I think what we've learned after three full rounds of free agent bidding is that owners, one, they're looking for the deal. And two, they they see the holes that they have currently, and that they could fill them uh, through the bidding rather than uh, th- the the waiver wire. Now those deals and those things are gonna that'll fluctuate, obviously. But but our owners have have kind of certain needs, and and they weren't going to wait around for them generally, right?
0: Oh, I agree. I think another thing that um have we ever had a team not bid in round two and round three just go one round and say I'm good?
1: Yeah, we had one of those this year, didn't we?
0: Yeah, Bolding Beavers put their bids out in the first and made the crazy bid that, or are not crazy, the brilliant bid, because you know, we we talked about how smart <laughs> Land was last week. But then he followed up by not making a single yeah. bid on a single player this week. And he twenty three on his roster. Two spots open in his starting lineup, two waiver spots. So he's got to have some confidence that he can get an outfielder in a relief pitcher tomorrow night when those waiver wires open that can immediately plug in as a starter. Because on his bench, if I'm looking quickly, on his bench, there is not an outfielder available. So the outfielder he gets tomorrow night is a starter. And the relief pitcher he gets tomorrow night. Now it could be a relief starter, obviously, but the relief pitcher he picks up tomorrow night well, is a still, starter.
1: Obviously, trades have really picked up in our league the last couple of seasons, so that's obviously a route that's still there. But um I, I want to bring up one thing that I think correlates to this conversation. You said something in our pre show that I, I want to bring up here. You 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 made mention that the money you have available. After three rounds of free agent bidding, you and I, if I got this right or wrong, you tell me. But you said essentially the money you have after three rounds is essentially dead money,
0: and to an extent, yes. Like, yeah, obviously there is. In the trends in our league right now, have been trades during season is usually, hey, I'll keep keep my contract, you keep your contract, and we'll add something different to make it beneficial for each other, or we'll trade money next year. There's not a lot of, hey, trade me, Travis, go ahead and send me Bryce Harper, and I'll send you twelve dollars sure. for this season because you're not gonna spend that twelve dollars. Yeah,
1: mid-season. but but and I agree to a certain extent, but I, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say that you know bolding beaver 17 dollars available for the rest of the season's dead because it creates a flexible he's in a flexible position right to make midseason trades right to 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 be able to add that outfielder right. or that bat you know whatever it is down the road um and so you know that money's still there and it's still it's still viable now what's going to be most interesting to see which Again, this is year eight of Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. We've never, we haven't seen it quite like this. Heading into a season where we have half the league already filled at twenty-five man rosters, that'll be the interesting thing is is how that maneuvers throughout the coming weeks of how guys are going to fill maybe injury replacements or or you know uh, a pitcher's not going as well as he thought he would. So how do you fill in those points and those kinds of things when you have the f- the full roster and, and most of the league having a pretty close to full roster.
0: Well, I, I, and I'm not, I didn't mean like money's dead. It doesn't work. There's no point in having it, but just go back to the Thursday night, the Thursday night that was this last week when Zach sends out the early morning tweet or text, whatever that says, these two guys, my top two point getters are on the block and I'm looking for top end pitching and I'm able to start taking huge contracts next year. I'll I'll pull back the curtains. I think everybody in the place knew that I was willing to send him Chris sale. Um, But if I sent him Chris sale and I have a feeling and Zach, please text me tomorrow or whenever you listen to this and tell me that I'm a damned idiot. If this is not what I, what I picked up from your text, but he would have taken, I mean, he was looking for top-end pitching, top-five, top-ten pitching for those players. It would have been required, based on the current stat, the current salary cap space and years that he had, it would have taken a deal where that money stayed put. If I would have sent Chris Sale, it would have taken me eat the 18.5 this year, and then you'll take over those contracts next year. And that's what a lot of our... Our, our our midseason trades look like now because of creativity, because of, you know, just different styles of thinking. Last week, we talked about how no one would have ever thought, most people in the league would not have thought three years for $35 for Scherzer. Two years ago, three years ago, I would have to say that I don't think a lot of us were thinking, hey, let's make a deal now. I'll eat the money now and next year we'll switch all this money around. We'll keep it to the same. Or three or four years ago before that trade that you and land made where you put a stipulation in there that if Derek Holland didn't pitch before a certain time, it went back. The trade went back. It's an evolving league. And the way it's currently evolving is it seems like in my opinion, once free agency ends, the money kind of becomes a wash. It gets involved in straight up deals, flip flops, whatever. But when it gets to a big deal for a contender going to someone who may be eliminated around the trade deadline. A lot of those deals look like the contender, Hey, I'll give you extra prospects, but I need you to eat this money because I'm so close to my cap and I'm going to go over it. But I would love to have gold, Paul Goldschmidt from whoever had him last year. And, but I'm going to need you to eat that $12 contract because I'm, in Luke's situation .9 from and going talk over talk about
1: cap management right there Royal Ruckus with less than a dollar <laughs> heading into twenty nineteen baseball season. Justin, I wanna I wanna take a step back and three rounds free agent blind bidding is done for twenty nineteen. When you take a step back, three rounds are done who's the team that cons- that got uh who that got better in the last week and a half?
0: Well, I think uh, just off their round one, it has to be Brady. Yeah. Because he's going to... I mean, if when I think it was Chris... Yeah, it was Chris that sent me something earlier this week that said the top six projected point scores in our league after round one. This wasn't after round two or three. This was just after round one. The first team was the Wolves. The second team was the Army the third team was the six shooters. He cleaned up in round one to the point that his roster management after round three is getting a little crazy because I don't think he expected to clean up in round one to an extent where he's like, crap, now I've got almost, I've got a full 25, but I've got to cut some folks and make things work. And, you know, hopefully this pays off. I mean, it'll pay off. because He's going to score some points. He's not going to go out and cut Stanton because he's got a messed up roster, but it's got to be Brady. And at the same time, kind of like what you said last week, I think if you look at the names that Chris added, great role players that can plug into certain points, um, he called he texted me after round two and was like he was shocked that I didn't go after my boy Ross Stripling, who's from the, the district I work in, but it just didn't work out. I personally I'm fine with the Los Tigres round one and round two. Uh round three was kind of let's stretch out there and get some prayers because we had more money left over. And I think what you've done with a small amount of money, uh Sean Doolittle at a year for two was a steal in round two. I think he's gonna have a decent year and he two dollars any closer that gets more than 10 to 15 saves as a steal, in my opinion, because we all spend Uh way more than that on closers for the most part. So I think that the the winners of free agency across the board, top dog is Brady. And then from there, it trickles down to the Wolves and what you did with your money. Um, land, Land picking up Scherzer is a huge thing. And just everybody had... I believe, for the most part, everybody had a successful. Yeah, three and I agree and with that last statement. Teams.
1: Obviously, I think all ten teams are in are in better places than they were a week and a half ago after three rounds. But and I'm also going to agree with you, uh, you know, from where I sit and the way I look at, you know, when I'm looking through rosters right now. Six shooters, they won the <laughs> the off season. And now, obviously, there's going to be 22 weeks of baseball ahead of us to see if this comes true. But to everything you just said, Justin, let me add on to this, that Brady picked up Anthony Rizzo and Paul Goldschmidt for the next four seasons at bargain prices. And more than that, they have he has two legit bats to build around for the next four years. And so. As as his roster evolves, you know, and he, he get he get through this Brian Dozier contract, and and kind of get through and add some of these young pitching like he did this offseason with Chris Archer at five dollars for a couple of years, and Nick Pavetta at two and a half for a couple of years. You look at those kinds of again those those contracts. You hope are bargains that you get high ceiling, high point. You get a good season out of them. And you get them for two, two and a half dollars, three dollars, whatever it is, and you're like, yeah, that is a that is a steal of a value. You could do that because you have guys at Rizzo and Goldschmidt's, you know, uh, almost guaranteed production level at at six dollars. I'm sorry, four dollars, you know, six dollars and seven dollars respectively. But then he can go into the future seasons and add bigger dollars. You know, he could do a Scherzer move if he wanted to, or be. Go in on bigger guys down the road. So not only did he improve in 2019, I think this roster is well set up. It is it is primed for for future seasons with these kinds of guys that he went out and got.
0: Well, if you, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you <laughs> took a long time to say it because it gave me a time to count. Some You're stuff. welcome. <laughs> uh, if you go and look at, I mean, you've made it known that your rosters are pretty clean next year at 112. You have 112 available dollars right now. If the season ended and we rolled into 2020, you got a lot of money to spend, but you only have five guys under contract. So you have 112 and you need to fill 20 spots. That's a, I mean, that's still a ton of movement, not counting your minor guys, obviously. But if you go look at what Brady did with his team, this this free agency, He has set himself up to 2020 to where if all four of his guys in the minors who will pass their minor league eligibility this year, if he keeps them, does not trade them, he will have 19 people under contract next year with close to $60 available. Yeah. So $60 available for the Trouts, for the Betts, for the Harpers, and some, I mean, even though we said in week one that the pitching wasn't too strong, there's a shot that Syndergaard's out there, that Carlos Carrasco's out there, and there's multiple other names that should be available, depending on extensions, obviously. Not that we want to get so far ahead and start talking about 2020 (laughs) before the first pitch of 2019, but, but, the, but that's what I do a lot. Uh, but Brady has set himself up to not only win this year, but to be a heck of a contender next year and just add yeah, more. Bats absolutely. And a few I, I think arms.
1: it's, I think it's just a, it's been a really good off season for the six shooters, Brady's second year in Harry Dill fantasy baseball, not only for the immediate future. And I fully expect, again, we'll play the games and we'll find out, but I fully expect the six shooters to be playoff contenders, in 22 weeks, and uh, I, I think this is a team that the way he's managed it and kind of rebuilt this roster. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think Brady might have been a little surprised of how how well round one went, and it kind of you know expedited the rebuilding process a little bit. And this is a team that's been well well set up for now and in the future. Good job, Brady. And good job to all the teams. Uh, it's just been a fun. You well, I think know, again, this is cr- baseball Christmas for Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. Every team, free agent bidding, what a great time of year it is.
0: Well, I think it shows that he was caught off guard by the way round one went. Because in round two, he put a bid on two yeah. catchers just in case and won both of them and i mean i don't know if you'd have asked him what he really what do i want both trinos and yachty i don't think so but uh now i have them both and again i have roster chaos try i've got to figure out before but it's it's all working out for him travis i have a middle section for you that i didn't tell you about so do you have some sort of like baseball fanfare (laughs) you can play right here Charge. That's crazy. You had it ready whenever I asked for it. Uh, this week, my sources okay. have done some research for me. And as you know, and I'm sure you looked through it, but I don't know how much research you did. ESPN recently released its top 50. MLB players and some of the shock and awe yeah. in there would have been the Alex Bregman being so high after one superior year, Blake Snell being so high after one superior year that one of Masai young, don't get me wrong. is great. But then some of the other names of, if you got went to the top 100, Vlad Guerrero was a 68. People thought that was too high. Some people thought that was too low, whatever. I want to talk about those 50 rankings from a Harry duel fantasy baseball league. Standpoint. If you had to guess, which and you haven't seen this list, are you? Are you have, but you haven't done the research? I don't think. And like I <laughs> yeah, said, one I've, of my I've, sources. I've did it, seen not the me, article so you referring
1: to, but I did not put any who owns who and how many have what.
0: So, if you had to guess, who has the most uh, top if fifty I had to players guess, on their line? In their it's lineup.
1: Wichita White Wolves.
0: Wow. For sure, it is with ten. So he has one fifth of the list on his league. In second place, the Bolding Beavers with eight. Okay. The third uh, team. Would you I like to make a guess. I for think the third if you had
1: let me guess, second place, I would have said Army. So I'll say Army for third.
0: Army's in third with seven. And then you've got the Beards and the Tigris tied at five. Six shooters at four. All four players he got in the first round. Um, then you've got a surprise to me, because if you remember how last how last year went, every week was the ruckus week. Luke comes in at the sixth team overall with just oh, wow. four in the top five, uh, top 50. Which, again, surprised me based on the love fest we had for Luke's well, team, team last really year and not much changed year. on that team. Right. So it shows that Luke has put a roster together with some role players that may not be in the top, which yeah. kind of goes against your, yeah. you got to have top 20 to win, but that's where, but, that's where my source here, but, it actually says, this is kind of interesting. Now that I did it, Travis always says you have to have the top players. According well, there's to, ESPN, a couple things to there. Down. let me,
1: let me start with the, the Luke comment real quick. Um, Luke does have the number one baseball player on the planet correct okay so that helps um, yes second
0: it helps it yeah. helps that he has Trout and Bregman uh, and, and both are in the top six and that's that's 1250 yeah. points between the yeah, two so of them role players are, are obviously gonna, right you
1: there. know you have to you have to roll the dice and get lucky on role players on the middle tier kind of guys you just do you know last year for me it was Patrick Corbin waiver wire pickup uh, started having a good April. I pick him up off the waiver wire, and look what he did. Right, so you kind of have to. You have to kind of roll the dice on some of those guys. So I get it. But secondly, the the other point that I wanted to make was that that ESPN article of those top fifty guys. Those are not fantasy values, right? Those are just legit. Looking at major league baseball players, so there, and you would you agree that you know a list like that is obviously going to translate a little bit differently when you start talking about the fantasy baseball value of guys,
0: right? Because I believe Kershaw still. Would you say he should
1: be in the top fifty in the fan in in, uh, in that list?
0: Sure. In overall, yes, but in fantasy impact, I don't know you that. You have he's no still idea a top what he's gonna 50 do. You solely have no because idea what you're getting. He can't but, stay on the field.
1: But if he's on a major league baseball right. field at this stage, at this point, yes, I would say from that, you know, that ESPN article, yeah, he should be in that top fifty. So there there is some discrepancy there. Um and so I, I think that plays into it. Um, so you know, yeah, Luke may have, would you say four out of that top fifty. Uh, on his roster but he's got he's got two of the top you know he's got yes. the he's got the number 1 guy and he translates to <laughs> into the fantasy realm as well as top guy and and, and he's got Bregman as you pointed out so I, I think some of that plays into it and and that's the fun part is we have 22 weeks to figure this out and see who's right <laughs>
0: So, so Luke has four. Then we go with Blake at three. Oklahoma Smoke with three, and the Van Buren oh, Boys down there with one? one of the top fifty players on their roster.
1: They just signed Patrick. It'd be Corbin. Patrick
0: Corbin. Yeah, I believe I haven't researched it. My sources My say s- it's Patrick Corbin, but I'm not sure. Um, that's your Buster Olney so, report. So, what do we
1: learn from this? What does this tell us?
0: Preseason fantasy baseball. It tells us that if you go to the MLB top 100, I actually have the second most top 100 <laughs> players, so I really understand role players. Other than that, I I really didn't get too in depth with what it told me. Look, but it just I, tells me that.
1: Yeah, and Chris has he done a hell had, of a job I mean, of you signing just good look players. look at what he did with the those con, those pitching contracts just a year ago. It's it is uh, you know I think Arenado and Machado obviously. Propelled Wichita White Wolves to win a championship in 2018, but you look at those pitchers and and the contracts to which Wichita White Wolves got him at, and obviously again you have to roll the dice. The Blake Snell, Cy Young, you know, you roll the dice and bam, Cy Young. You know, you he didn't sign Blake Snell for two years at two dollars and go, man, I really hope he wins a Cy Young. He's wanting Blake Snell to be average or above average. He wants them to be a decent pitcher, right? And any, any, he, and he comes out as a Cy Young winner. Oh, yeah. And, and so I don't want to undervalue the role player type guys, you know, and when I say role player, I'm talking more into that outside of the top 25, top 30, top 40 type fantasy guys, guys that you have to have to fill out your roster, but guys that can come in and contribute and, and bring positive points to the table And let's, let's be frank. Some of a lot of this is roster construction, but to win a championship, you have to have a good roster and you have to get lucky on some of your players, you know, which tall white wolves. I, I think Chris would admit to you, you know, it's really good that he signed Snell and DeGrom. It's lucky that they both won Cy Young awards in 2018.
0: I think Chris would tell you he <laughs> no, saw that coming because I, I know but, Chris.
1: But they go. I'm not saying they're exclusive. Those two <laughs> things go hand in hand. Yeah, you, you know, you don't sign again a Blake Snell. Like so let's say this oh, yeah. year, Marco Gonzalez, uh, Chris signed for three years at two dollars. I think that is a hell of a contract right there uh, for Marco Gonzalez. But you don't sign Marco Gonzalez at three years and two dollars and expect Cy Young, right? But you're rolling the dice. And if you have him on your roster and something good happens like that, then obviously he's had a stellar season and, and good things are going to come out of that. So they go hand in hand. You have, to, you have to look ahead, think ahead, plan ahead, and roll the dice on some of this and hope good things kind of come out of it. <laughs> hit, that, hit that fan. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> Is that what you wanted?
0: That's perfect, Travis. Let's talk really quickly about the waiver wire. You're the commission. I'm going to step back and let you take this. But waiver wires, when they open, how it's going to go down for the five teams that'll probably be taking part, depending on if there's trades or drops tomorrow. Um, give the scoop for the yeah, listeners. So Monday, as the waiver wire March gets ready to
1: open 18th, up. 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, the waiver wire will be open. Major league players only, no minor leaguers at this point. Um, if you'd like to pick up guys to fill out your roster um, at 8 p.m. is the earliest that a team may pick up any of those guys. That gives that gives teams uh, a good day to fill out and move around guys, make trades or whatever have, they have to do to get their rosters current. So 8 p.m. Monday, March 18th, the Major League waiver wire will open. And don't forget this Tuesday, March 19th, by the end of the day, so by Eleven fifty nine, March 19th, all minor league rosters must be settled. So if you want to drop any of your minor league guys, that needs to take place Tuesday. They will lock, and then Wednesday morning, the all-loved, slow minor league draft will take place.
0: God, this, this the slowest draft ever. I would like to remind, censored by the commission, and also... Beards of Glory to make sure you have a minimum of one minor league spot available as of Tuesday night. Since you have and that's a really good thought. Me it's mean, a really good picks. point.
1: Is if you have traded a pick, you better have an open spot because um, you're you're not going to live up to your trade if you don't have that that open spot. You only get to draft the open spot you have on your ten man ro- minor league roster, and so you want to make sure that. However many guys you want to go for in the minor league draft, you have to have that many spots. Once you fill out your 10-man roster, your team is done with picks. And so I imagine, you know, by the end of the week, probably Friday into Saturday, the, the draft will be pretty full, and we'll be moving ahead pretty quick towards major league, real life, countum baseball 11 days away.
0: so travis it has been fun bidding and i appreciate the fact that you let me be the comptroller of round one i feel like that was an official title that i deserved but here we are a couple weeks from day one rosters are filling up and it is time
1: (laughs) dude I, you know, uh, the reason I love March Madness basketball so much is because it is the last big event before baseball. And so, uh, you know, I'll watch a little basketball this week. Sure. But man, get me to next Thursday. Get me 11 days from now when every team is playing real baseball. It's going to be fun. Do what?
0: We're not counting those China games.
1: No, we're not. The J- Japanese not games Chinese, do not count. March 28th, real baseball. Justin, this time next week, you want to do it again?
0: Ooh. Sure, let's do our season preview next week. Well, we talked too long and the music stopped. Should you start the music over again? Okay, well, next week, we're going to do our season predictions. So you better be here because you're Thanks all going to be listening. pissed when I tell you that Just I'm going to win and you're all going to lose. A bit up.